0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group. No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Running a business is a lot
2: of work. Luckily, I've got a great partner.
1: Oh, I thank you.
2: I meant U.S. Bank. I knew that. Bank Business Essentials is a huge help to us. Totally. Their comprehensive point-of-sale system does it all. Tracks inventory, manages schedules, customizes orders. Plus, all the regular banking stuff. If only it could make coffee. Nah, that's your job. From point-of-sale to
0: quick loans, we have many ways to make your business boom. That's what U.S. Bank is for. U.S. Bank. We'll get there together. Equal Housing Lender Member FDIC.
2: The Big Cheese! <laughs>
1: It is Sunday, November 20th, we are creeping closer and closer to the end of the year with every week, and it's been a great year, and I'm happy that I started doing the show again back in February, after kind of being off the air with the live program for about a year and a half, so I'm glad I came back, and I'm having a great time doing it. so there you go. All right, right there, Attacker with Disciple, from the 1985 debut record, Battle at Helm's Deep. When I started doing this show in two thousand and fourteen, it was just me and Tommy on the old Block Block Talk Radio still around, we just don't do the show there anymore. Uh, we just had fun playing like some old songs and just BSing about metal and you know, the way we hung out back in the day and you know, just about the scene in general. And then when he stopped doing it, I decided to change the name of the show and keep it going and after like two weeks of just playing music, I'm like, you know, we gotta start getting guests on the show, you know. <laughs> I gotta start reaching out to guests and at that time attack it was sort of do like a reunion show not a reunion show I say but they were they had got back together in 2001 and with uh with Bob Mitchell singing and they put out Soul Take and The Unknown two really really good records but then Bob and them parted ways again in 2008 and the band was kind of on hold for about 3 or 4 years nothing was going on you didn't hear anything from them so I reached out to them you know cuz they had a new show coming up at, at Dingbats they had a brand new singer, I think his name was Walter Figueroa uh, you know, I'm I pretty, yeah, pretty sure I was saying multiple Walter Figueroa was a very young kid, so Mike invited me down to the show. You know, and I went down to go see him, and the kid had the looks, he had the sound. It just something wasn't right. It just was, something was missing there. It just wasn't clicking, and it didn't last very long because it was not long after that, he was out of the band. And the next thing you know, Bobby Leatherlungs Lucas is singing with them, which was a great thing, and he's been with them ever since. And you know, we're gonna get a new Attacker record next year, so I'm looking forward to that. Always good news when Tacker puts out music. Also we're gonna get new music from Scepter which is Bob Mitchell's band. I, I you know, when Battle of Helm's Deep came out, Bob has such a unique voice and that was such a great record, you know, and I still have my copy of it today. You know, there is a reissue of the record. I think it has a different cover on it. So uh, I have to go look into that to find out for sure. But some great stuff. All right, we got a good show for everybody tonight. Dean Roberts of Leather Wolf. If that's what you want to call the band, it's just Dean Roberts. I actually already did the interview. It's pre recorded. Even Dean doesn't think it's Leather Wolf. So you know, I have to try to. I, I'm usually like the one person that's always trying to convince these bands, like, you know, with just a drummer or a bass player, even just a guitar player. It's not that band. He was so downed in not being Leather Wolf. actually tried to convince him that it was. So, no, that's a different thing for me, you know, because I'm usually the first to condemn dance for doing that. But Demon's was a nice guy to talk to, so it, it, it is what it is. And then we have Steve Rice from Kill Ritual. So stick around. We got a lot of great interviews tonight. We're we'll getting on as much music as we can in between. How about right now we do some? Uh, you know what? It's just a Warlord Black Mass. <laughs> deadline. It's hard to believe. That man comes off the debut record, Demolition, from 1980. 42 years ago. I can't believe that. I remember buying that record, I think, towards the end of 80, maybe the beginning of 81. I'm saying to myself, nah, I can't believe it. I'm like, not really. It's that long ago. You don't realize how quickly time goes by, man. It just keeps marching on and on, but... I was there when that record came out, and been a big fan of the band ever since then. I mean, you still have two of the original members in that group. Uh, I believe Denise has been with them since the beginning on drums, and Kim is the vocalist and guitar player uh, since the band started. They actually go back to, like, 75, I think, as Painted Lady, uh, before they became Girl School in 78. So, the band's been out there a long time, and Tracy Lamb, who also played in Rock Gardens, has been with the band on and off since the mid-80s. She did a stint, like, I think in each decade, she's did a stint with the band. Has been back with them for a few years now. And even Jackie Chambers has been with the band since 2000, you know? So that's a long time. They're still out there doing it. God bless them. All right. Right before that, Steel Assassin. had to play that because Iman had mentioned them last week in the chat room. I was like, yeah, I got to get some Steel Assassin on this week. And right before that, Warlord with Black Mass. What a great band. I mean, absolutely love that band. So much more should have came about them. I've had Bill on the show a couple of times back in the day. Uh, as you all know, he passed away a few years back. It was, it was a great loss. He was an amazing musician and guitar player. But so many big things should have happened for that band. It just didn't strike, and it didn't happen for them. But they were really, really tremendous. All right, we're gonna get a few more songs on. Then we'll get to our first interview with Dean Roberts from Leatherwolf. I uh, saw so Tony Harnell rejoined TNT. I think this is like what the third time he's been back <laughs> with the band. Let's let's put it. Let's just randomly flip the calendar to next year. September twenty-first. That's the day that he will not be in the band anymore. I don't think this would last more than a year, if even that. So mark that date in your calendar. That'd be the day that Tony Harnell is no longer with TNT. Let's see what happens with that. And I don't know if you saw it, but there was this uh, festival in, in California, in L.A. the other night, uh, called the L.A. Burning Festival, or something like that. Um, I, there were a couple of bands. Riot was on the bill. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was on the bill at that time. Uh, I know it was Riot, The Three Tremors, Ripper was on the bill, uh, Heretic was supposed to be on the bill, Bitch was on the bill, and I think one or two other bands were on there. And somebody put down that, you know, they got there at 5.30, was supposed to start, and there was nobody there. The place was empty. The bands weren't even there. I saw that riot on their page, wrote down that this was a clusterfuck, and then all the bands started writing a little bit. Not a lot of people said too many things, but some of the people that were there were complaining about it. They were saying that it was inside some uh, Mexican restaurant, which was good if you were hungry, but I was looking at the pictures, and the band was playing on the floor. There was no stage, no lighting, no back line, no nothing. I mean, if you were more than, the, I think it looked like maybe there was 100 people there. If you were more than like two rows back, you couldn't even see the band because they were at feet. they were on ground level. And there was supposed to be an outdoor stage and an indoor stage. And the outdoor stage, I guess, didn't happen either because those bands were playing in the hallway. And they were literally in a hallway. It looked like the bathroom doors were behind them. They had a folding table set up with a speaker on there. Uh, Heratek actually canceled the show. They refused to play. I know there was one other band. I think it was Niveon, But they had canceled ahead of time because they said there was no communication between them and the promoter. Uh, And you saw a lot of people complaining about the same thing, that it wasn't getting back to them. So I mean, you know, bitch played, Riot played, uh, the three Tremors played, Ripper played. Ripper supposedly ripped the promoter apart during the show because he said he wasn't, he didn't get paid. Oh, Ross the boss is on there doing his solo stuff. He said he refused to go on unless he got paid, but he went on, so I guess I'm guessing he got paid. It was just, it was a real close to fuck of a show. I mean. You know when you're coming from out of town, you know maybe you don't know these places, but you know you have the internet today, you know when they say here's where you know here's the place you're playing at, you know, don't you look it up and say, oh my God, this is like a Mexican restaurant in l a it's not even a club or a venue that has live music and and then just back out then i mean you just randomly go to these cities and just up play shows I mean you can see that Wright was disappointed, they said they did it anyway because it was for the fans, and I get that I really do you know Angelo Heretic was saying that you know he felt bad because he never canceled the show in like his 30 something years of being in bands and he should have maybe went there and made lemons out of lemonade but he also has a little bit of integrity so I kind of do get that you know it's a little disappointing for the fans if they were going to see Heretic they show up there and the band says we're not playing in this shithole but you know you had Riot that played and Ross played and those guys let's face it are a lot bigger than than Heretic are so maybe they should have played just for the fans but I get it 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 did look like a shithole and it's just a nightmare. So I'm pretty sure nobody's going to do any shows for this promoter ever again. And it's funny because it seems like he's good friends with uh, Steve Gaines, one of my buddies who even helped promote that show. Where I said, you know, this is happening next we go to it, but it looked terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I felt bad for these bands because it was kind of embarrassing when you watch them standing on the floor with nothing performing. You know, some of them are a lot bigger than that. You know, Riot does play in front of pretty decent-sized crowds, even though I don't consider it Riot. They do play in front of pretty decent-sized crowds, especially when they do the festival circuit and everything. But It just didn't look good. All right. Let's do one more set of music. How about we pick up the speed here a little bit. Brand new Aggression. The band just came out with a brand new record. We'll play something from that. And I think we have brand new Sadists too. So maybe we'll do those two back to back and we'll squeeze in one other thing. And then we'll get to the first interview. So here you go. Antichrist, Devil Cunt. Perfect title, right? (laughs) Brand new Aggression, everybody.
2: ending. This will sure escalate from a misunderstanding. Got the bubble
1: A savage Death with Satan's Throne Alright, we're going to talk to Dean Roberts in about two minutes I'm going to play something off the brand new record called Kill the Hunted Then we'll get the interview with Dean on We did this the other day uh, Dean must be a roofer Because the first ten minutes of the interview Was him saying, wait a minute And him giving directions to his roofers Trying to communicate with them Even though none of them spoke English I think I edited it out, you know I should have maybe left it in there. would have been funny. But let's do, let's do The Henchman off the brand new record. We'll get the interview with Dean on. We'll play something else off the new record. And we'll get back to the music. So here you go The Henchman from Kill the Hunted. <laughs> That's okay.
3: I'm just doing a, uh, just getting a. I'm doing a roofing job. Okay, so uh, put one nail in Wayne over here, and, and you two one right there. Put a
1: nail.
3: Yeah, but make sure it's out far enough. Give me
1: the...
3: Okay. So
1: you understand what you guys are doing, right? Yes.
3: Okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So sorry about that, man.
1: <laughs> That's all right. No problem. Man. I got you. Uh, I have to tell you, the new record "Kill the Hunter" sounds phenomenal. Okay.
3: So um. I really really appreciate that but so um are you are you an old school leatherwolf fan or are you just is this all new to you
1: I've been with the band since I picked up your first demo tape in 83 when I was a tape trader as a teenager
3: Okay right on dude so yeah I really I'd really appreciate that dude cuz uh, uh um it's so hard to replicate you know the original leatherwolf with not the original guys you know
1: absolutely but would, at this point in the time after almost like 40 years would you even try to do that is there an attempt to make that happen because i think the new record stands on its own and it still has that leather Wolf vibe to it well when, when when i started making this record um I, the original
3: singer wanted to use two different guitar players that were younger people and 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 since i own the trademark and i paid for everything i just i figured hey man let's just go back to the original guys and see if we can work things out and just, you know, finish, finish a record, you know? And so that's, that's when, when I did that move, um, we decided not to use Mike because he just wasn't, he wasn't, you know, singing that ballsy. He's more of a, he's more of a blues guy, you know? And yeah. he just wasn't, you know, so when we, when we did the tracks with me, Carrie, Jeff and Mike, and, and we just started doing the demo work, it just wasn't good at all. Uh, the vocals and, and and it was too funny because um you know once i got in that mode i i just within two days i found i had this that the, the guy that sang on this record came over and sang and we were just like blown away you know so you, it's, it's it's a tricky little thing you know going from one singer to another you know
1: Anytime you replace a singer of a band, because let's face it, he, he is the front man, he's the voice that kind of defines the sound of the band. It's not, it's hard to do, but it's not the first time you had to have done it. I mean, Jeff Martin came in, Chris was in there for some demo tapes, he had Wade on there on the record, uh, World Asylum, so it isn't the first time it's happened. I think people have come to realize, you know, Leatherwolf is going to be Leatherwolf, I think, no matter who was singing with it.
3: Yeah, yeah, I just, uh, yeah. But uh, dude, uh, honestly, I. Uh, I think that the original Leatherwolf stuff was mainly from Jeff Geyer's songwriting. You know, he he wrote all that Spirits in the Wind, Spider, Kill and Kill Again, you know. He wrote most of frickin' Street Ready, you know. So, I, you know, so it it wasn't so hard, you know, working around Mike and Carrie, you know, because they just weren't such, you know, nobody can write those type of riffs, you know, <laughs> like Jeff did.
1: Hey, but the but, you New know, um, it has those solid riffs on it, in my opinion. I mean, you have a pretty good, I think, songwriting team in place right now. You've been together for quite a few years, most of you.
3: Well, that's the thing is, Jeff was, um, after um, we got, the Mike thing fell apart and, then, and the Kerry thing went down, um, you know, Kerry got in trouble with the FTC. He got sued and committed a felony for fraud, you know, so he just took the money and moved to South America, or to um, Costa Rica, you know, and so... Um, I still haven't talked to him, but he was—he was, he was he, at the beginning. He was part of it, you know. But, but Jeff Gayer was, uh, you know, he was still—we were still working on finishing the record with him, and he was the main songwriter of all those riffs and arrangements, you know, a majority of them, you know. And then um, at the end of the day, dude, he just didn't show up, you know. Five times during this whole record process, he quit, and then it came time to do the guitar tracks, and he didn't show up, you know. So we just six weeks weeks later he called me and I said dude you're out
1: yeah, things like that have to happen sometimes and make things move forward but with, with Rob and Luke I mean I think you get two pretty solid plays right now
3: yeah yeah um, well Luke kind of came in towards the tail end that's why he only, he only played leads in three songs you know me and Rob sat around there for two years just doing everything you know and Wayne Finley is another good guy he can sing he can play you know he played keyboards on I think a couple songs and um yeah, it was just it was it was a it was a, a feat of strength, dude. Finishing this thing just with me and Rob and and Barry and freaking um, Keith, you know.
1: Yeah, you would think after like all these years, I mean, going back, you guys go back to the early '80s. I mean, you think that as time went on, it would get easier that you know personalities wouldn't clash, everybody would sort of be on the same page musically after doing it for so long, but it just doesn't seem never happen to work out that way.
3: Yeah, it's a. Uh...
1: It's dude, it's like a marriage, man. Yeah, a lot of them don't end well. So, you know. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, on this one, I mean, it was interesting for me because uh, because you know, I mean, you know, the order stuff was written by um, those guys, Carrie and Jeff and Mike, and then they would come to me, and then I would do my parts. You know, so it was interesting this time just to have the the, the riffs and the arra- partial arrangements to sit with Robbie and. And piece it all together, you know, and and come up with the parts. So, uh, you know, I was surprised that uh, it it turned out as good as it did without, you know, the old guys, you know? Uh,
1: No, it does. It sounds phenomenal. And and like I said, it's always hard to replace a singer or a main songwriter in the band. But I think you did. And, you know, you're going to have people that say, I don't know, this isn't The Wolf, it's just Dean. I mean, what do you do to convince people that it is Leather Wolf? Or does it even matter at this point in time? Because people are just so happy to have these bands playing, you know?
3: Well, they're they're right. It isn't, but but it, it it's not it's not to my doing. You know, I mean, I Mikey wanted to uh, write write a record with two kids uh, or two younger younger guys in their twenties, and um, I just said that's not like the Wolf. You know, so I went back to the original guys, and it just didn't pan out. You know, so so at the end of the day, I, I, it's it's they have the right to say all that stuff, and they are it is right. But I, I'm just a drummer, playing music. Finishing a record, you know.
2: Yeah. Started yeah, up with
3: the original know. guys, and it—it—it's it, it not my fault they're not here. It's—it's it's, you know, hey, I totally hear you, but um, at the end of the day, it is what it is, and you know, and 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 the people that started Leatherwolf for me, um, well, it was Gary, Jeff, and me, you know, we started it. So, I don't feel bad at all keeping the name, you know, just because those guys do, decided to and leather wolf and start the hail mary thing doesn't mean doesn't it doesn't matter to me you know hey i'm a leather wolf
1: there you go well how'd you come across keith was it somebody that you knew or somebody you heard about were you looking to get somebody that was kind of like relatively unknown or because there were a lot of singers you could have went with that had like a name recognition to him? but sometimes that doesn't work out either um it wasn't that you know we were
3: in the middle of doing a demo for uh nuclear blast and um and and I just wasn't thrilled with uh, the direction. Well, first off, Mike said I I don't want to write with you. You know, he wanted to write with some other people. And yeah, and I was like, well, that ain't gonna happen because uh, because I pay for everything, and I'm not gonna pay pay to make a record and not write nothing, you know. And so so that just that that was just a situation that had to be remedied, you know, like in, you know in a day or two, you know. So I was like, well, what am I gonna do, you know, because I'm um just got back from Rock Hard trying to make a demo uh see so if you can get a record deal with Nuclear Glass <laughs> and um, I wasn't thrilled with Mike singing so I just was working with um, learn, learning superior drummer because when I got back from from, from uh, Rock Hard uh, I had to have surgery on my shoulder so I played water polo so I tore my rotator cuff so I had to get some surgery so I wasn't able to play so I had to um, do some songwriting um, not the parts that i had to write for songs some of them that i wrote and, and and a couple that jeff wrote back at the beginning you know um i had to learn how to use superior drummer just to do it so i could get a demo so i could get it back to nuclear blast so they could say yes or no you know <coughs> and so um in that time period um had some problems me and mike had some disagreements so we parted ways so uh <laughs> um i was working with this guy named jake and um uh he i asked him "Do you know a couple singers and um he knew a couple and one was keith and was another one so that same night i just sent out an email and the next night or two nights later keith came over and and the night before um um i had uh arranged a song called only the wicked you know that song yes Yes, yeah, so I, I had arranged it and um, cuz Mike had done it a different way and uh, with no arrangement so it was kind of all over the place. So I arranged the song and then ro- me and Robbie were sitting there and um and he came up with a melody for the vocals. And um I had already s- written some some vocal uh some stories um with a similar melody, you know. So I just, you know, I couldn't sleep last night. A thousand things running through my mind. Um which is too funny because that's what was going on thinking about well, what do I do about this whole deal you know about Mike and about yeah old old wool stuff so but that's that, that that theme was about that story you know and um so we got that done and um he came over the next night and sang it and um and uh, we were just kind of blown away at how good he was you know and and um he, he could sing it you know and so then we then we um asked him to write the words for uh for nobody and for uh um, the henchman, and he, he, did it, he did a good job. So we were like, okay, you know, he's the man, you know. So then, then we just finished uh, the demo, which no one liked. None of the labels wanted it. Nuclear bass passed on it. SPV didn't even listen to it, you know. So all, all these people just didn't. We, we got nothing, dude. Yeah. Didn't like the music. So even even when this record was done and um, it was shot don't even listen to it you know that's why i'm surprised you know that everyone that i'm talking to about this record and anyone i'm doing interviews with and they just think it's killer you know
1: it must be the labels i guess maybe they were expecting something different i mean i i I still get that leather vibe in there but it's completely new album and a new band you know that's what you're gonna get
3: yeah I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Does it sound like Leatherwolf or not? I don't know. I mean, I, it's just hard when you're, you know, you're doing music in the, in 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 band with different guys. I mean, does it sound like Leatherwolf? You know, the guy from UK just said, you know, the the, the song that I wrote, "Kill the Hunted," sounds totally like Street Ready in the Calling. I'm like, I didn't write any of that shit, dude. <laughs> you know, so I. I I mean, it's, it's just, you know, people say this, people say that. I, I don't know. I can't honestly say if it does or if it doesn't, you know. It, it, yeah. uh, but all I know is I'm an original member, and, and, and I just did what I could to, to, you know, support the name, you know.
1: I, I think you did that. But, I mean, if you, if you go back to, like, the early 2000s, I mean, a couple of demo tapes were recorded, like, you know, over the first three years of the decade. And, and you had Chris Adams on the first one. Then Mike was back, I guess, again, you know, for the second or third time. And he was on a the tape. Then you had Jeff Martin, who I love Jeff Martin, very similar vocal style, I think, to Mike, you know. But all three of those demos sounded like completely different from each other, and completely different than, you yeah. know, street uh, street radio or the Leatherwolf album or the EP, you know. So I mean, who's to say what Leatherwolf really sounds like?
3: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, dude, it's gonna, it's always going to go back to the '80s, you know, the first record. So it's it's everyone's going to be, you know, comparing it to that, you know. Which, hey, it is what it is, you know. Uh, you know, I I I I I've always been more of a I don't like fluff music i don't like that you know poor me you know i run i hide I, i'm just not into that kind of stuff i i like more you know don't you know, just just kill them you know just you know here it is deliver you know guitar leads just pounding metal you know and so on this record i got to do it because i didn't have to deal with anybody else
1: but that was the band sound at the time that was kind of that kind of defined who the band was back then but obviously things change over time and you either go with it or you kind of like you know rely on the old stuff
3: um. Yeah. I mean, my thing is, is at the end of the day, if you're going to write music and you're going to um, participate in it, you just do what you like. You know, back then, you know, Hideaway and frickin' Lonely Road and all that stuff. It, it's cool music, but it's just uh, you know, it's it's stuff that Mike, Carey and Paul wrote. You know.
1: True. Well, you know, when the first, the full length came out in 87, that was on Island Records, a major label. I think they were part of Atlantic back then. I take my mind is shot, so if <laughs> they're not, forgive me, but I think they were part of Atlantic. Did that did that have anything to do with the way the band was going musically or direction-wise? Did, did, did the label have a big input on how they wanted the band to sound? No. That's surprising. See, now, now, you,
3: gotta, you just got to remember this. Uh, um, is I'm the drummer... You know, and and back then all the songs were written behind closed doors, and I didn't. I I would just get the riffs and get the stuff after the fact, um, and and then um, I would make a change here and there if if I thought, and, and sometimes I got, I got some saying, sometimes I didn't, but mainly, you know, those guys wrote that stuff, but I didn't know who wrote what, and um, you know, so mainly the the first record was pretty much written, a lot of that stuff. Started off with Jeff Gare, you know, and um, that's why I think it was so heavy, you know, because I think me and Jeff are similar in that way. We we wanted to be in a heavy metal ra- bag, you know, not yeah. a not a not a heavy metal hair metal band, you know, and so um, I, I just think over time, you know, uh, Jeff. Jeff just, you know, he was doing everything, you know, and I think he just got a little bit fed up, you know, especially after the first record comes out, um, on Island and the, and the, the MTV video is the calling, which is something that, that Carrie and I started off with in, in a rehearsal studio, you know, which, you know, it's not gypsies. It's not rise or fall. It's not the, you know, the, the real meat of who Leatherwolf was. So I just think, um, and then even on the second record, Hideaway, you know, um, on street ready, it's not a Jeff song, you know, and, and, To me, there's way better songs that should have been done. But I just think uh, that that slowly and surely just kind of, you know, you put all that effort, all that time into writing all these killer riffs, and then um, your song doesn't get picked. I just think that might have had an influence on on Leatherwolf just getting a little bit more um, mainstream, if you'd like to call it that, you know, and not so aggressive, you know.
1: Yeah. You know, well, people think four or five members in a band, they would, you know, have to have like a consensus or an agreement on what songs make the record or how it goes. But was there one person kind of deciding the fate of the band at that point in time, musically, I should say?
3: Um, I just think that Mike and Carrie and Jeff were the main influence on on the what Leatherwolf was in, in the songwriting world, you know, and it was mainly Jeff. I mean, in my opinion, that was um. Was the main guy to put the time into writing the cool shit,
1: and and there was some great stuff back then. But you know, all these decades later, they passed, and the band's had its ups and downs and its in and outs. But now, you know, I think you're really going strong right now with Kill the Hunted. I mean, what, what plans? I mean, the year's almost over right now, but what plans do you have to go out and promote this record? Are, are you waiting till the next year?
3: Um, it's you know, it's just been the story for the last twenty years, man. Is um, it's you know, we don't have a booking agent, you know, and we um. We just uh, hope we just get shows. You know, we'll go play Bang Your Head. We'll play these bigger shows and just do club dates around it, you know. But it's all going to depend on, you know, what, what comes our way. You know, we all want to play, and we've always wanted to play. It's just It's just getting the opportunities to do it at a higher level, which is kind of tricky to get in, you know. So we're just hoping that this record, you know, gets a little bit of clout, and some people are interested in picking us up and taking us taking us out, you know, or or just playing some shows uh, because people like the record, you know?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of bands today, they just want to concentrate on the festival circuit, especially over in Europe. I mean, every country in Europe has some pretty major festivals, some two or three, and that's like what they do is just make that whole summer tour around Europe. Is that like what the game plan would be to get to these big audiences in one shot?
3: Um, Honestly, all of us would play 365 days a year if we could pay our bills from it, you know? Yeah at the end of the day it's you know if the opportunities come we'll play at the end you know it's uh you know if that's just how it is
1: so Shit. we all want
3: to play you know yeah i mean that's one of the, one of the reasons we, we 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 um like me and rob and um or rob and i put 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 some some time into this, is we just wanted this to be something cool, something at a higher level, something at least musically um, was 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 really some of our better stuff, you know.
1: Uh, absolutely. Are you still utilizing three guitar players today? Because on the ra- on the album, it's only credited to two. Are, are you still using a third one live, or are you just down to the five-piece now?
3: No, no, no. We we, we uh Wolf right now is. <laughs> Um, Keith Adamiak, Rob Math, Luke Mann, Bryce, and Wayne Finley, uh, the guy that played with uh, Mike, Michael Schenker. Yeah. And me. So it's six of us. So w- when we, we when we went um, out to play, it was like M three. It was all six of us. And we have the keyboards and the, and the third guitar player. You know, because uh, on this record, there's a lot of three guitar player parts. So we just wanted to, we wanted to be able to replicate that live, you know, and be able to play the old stuff, um, you know, vocally and keyboard-wise, like like Cry Out or like, uh, you know, Chips uh, um, Princess of Love. We could actually play the parts live and actually replicate the record a little bit closer.
1: Yeah, it's great. And for people that don't realize that you guys are doing that almost from the very beginning. Uh, long before I made it, I got famous for keeping a third guitar player in the band. They would even accept today have three guitar players. You guys, I think, were probably the first, if not the only band back then, to actually do that.
3: Well, I think in the metal realm, I, I, I think um, people were doing the parts in the studios, in the studio, but um, I just think that was, um, that, I think that was another Jeff Geyer idea, and um, we couldn't find a singer, so we just started to get a little bit more musical, and I, I think that Jeff, um, I don't know. He just heard that stuff in his head, you know, and and he would write all that three three guitar player stuff, you know, and it just worked.
1: Oh, well, absolutely! It's just another mouth to feed in the band too. Yeah, <laughs> one extra guy. Well, hey, yeah.
3: I don't know. We're we're more about just uh, be playing well and being able to replicate what we recorded, you know. And and if we show up live, you know, we can play as good as we did in the studio, you know, which is tricky, <laughs>
2: especially
3: when you got bass player Barry Sparks playing this whole record you know he's like that yeah, amazing player he's a freaking monster man he's just a whole nother level of bass playing you know
1: that's true Well, you know, listen dude i'm not going to keep you man i know you're busy over there with your job and everything and i appreciate you talking with me today but i think you did a great job on this record i hope that you know you keep this going you keep this lineup together i think this will be like you know what people expect from leatherwolf with another record well cool buddy what's song? so so you've heard the whole record I've heard the whole record. I mean, I always have to say every song is great because that's what they tell you to say. But I, I tell you, going through this record, I, I love Medusa. The Henchmen I've heard for a little while now, and I love it yeah. just because it's like seven, eight minutes long. Nothing's better than like a, a really deep, long song. But Evil Empire's Fall is a killer. Road Rage, Nobody. I mean, it's just one solid song after the other. It's hard to actually pick one, but I'm going to play quite a few after this uh, for the live show.
0: So
3: you're
1: you're you like Medusa? I love it
3: okay yeah that's a that's a luke lead song you know oh okay luke luke man played the lead in, 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 in the main lead in the middle which i thought he did a great job and rob did the lead in the beginning but um yeah you know it's it's weird I, that uk uh you know that guy loved kill the hunted and um only the wicked you know so it's interesting you know to see because those are only liked. till we
1: listen to it that's why <laughs>
3: Well, they no everyone gets the same package as you, you know. They they get to they hear all the songs before they do a review or or before we talk, you know. Yeah, but I'm always interested. Uh, I'm always interested because um, you know, it's it's usually uh, it's hard to replicate, you know, the history of Leatherwolf, you know.
1: Well, I, I think you guys did it justice. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's almost impossible to replicate what you did a year ago, never mind ten or twenty years ago. But uh, the album does justice to the Leatherwolf name, in my opinion. And I'm looking forward to the next one after this
3: cool dude so so that um the song lights out again um that demo was done with chris adams
1: yeah back, back in, the in 2002 so that's an old
3: one yeah, yeah that's a that's a freaking old one dude <laughs> yep yeah,
1: i know but well, i thought, know I, it's, thought
3: it's, I thought we did a good job with it you know
1: you did i mean it, it has that vibe. you know i know the first one because i have that demo tape but it sounds completely different
3: yeah yeah i yeah uh, that was one of my favorite leads me and robbie sat in the garage for like a couple of days <laughs> trying to figure that one up, you know. But he's just a great guy to work with. Rob Math is just—he's such a great guitar player, man.
1: You did a great job in this one, my friend. Keep this lineup together, keep it going, and let's get some more music out there. And hopefully, I get to see you guys live. Maybe you can make your way over to the New York area. I know quite a few promoters over here that put on some pretty decent festivals. Maybe you could uh, reach out to someone about getting you on them.
3: That would be—we'd so, be so grateful, dude. That—that that would just be so cool because we—we want to come play. You know, we played MP3, then we did a um rock timber you know and uh we would love to get to new york and play play you know we just want to play dude i've been sitting in a studio for three years
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know i hear you listen i'll do what i can yeah. to get the name out there for people so hopefully it'll happen
3: okay well thank you very much for for having me and thank you uh for the compliments on the record we all really appreciate that
1: you got it Dean. thank you have a great day my friend take care you too buddy bye-bye Song of the album, The Henchman. It's a really good record, just doesn't remind me of Leather so maybe I should have changed the name, but it's kind of hard to let that name go. And I do get it in a way, but it is kind of hard. But some pretty good stuff over there. Alright, we're gonna get to Steve from Kill Ritual in about 10 minutes. We'll play one or two more songs between now and then. It's already getting late into the show and we gotta get to one more interview. Uh, I can't believe next weekend is the final weekend of November. It's Thanksgiving this weekend, so if I forget to say by the end of the show, Everybody enjoy your Thanksgiving here in America. Have a happy one. Have a healthy one. And the holiday season really kicks in after that. You know, Christmas is right around the corner. So we'll have our Christmas special this year, our New Year's Eve special. There's no show on Sunday of Christmas Day, obviously, because I will be with my family celebrating it. But I'm going to pre-record our Christmas show, and we'll air it that night live. Well, the show will be live for pre-recorded, if that makes any sense. It'll be a new show, but oh, whatever I'm trying to say, you'll get it. <laughs> All right. How about we do Warlock? This is the Warlock out of Texas. There are quite a few Warlocks in the 80s. Uh, they were around 84, 85, uh, they played, and they had like two demo tapes out, and they broke up, they got back together a couple of years ago, and then they broke up again, and I think last year they put it back together again on the Warlock, Texas, because there were so many other bands named Warlock playing out there today. I don't get taken, ban- I mean, you know, back in the 80s when you had a name, and you were in Texas, maybe there's a band in New Jersey called Warlock, which there was, <laughs> uh, you wouldn't really know, you know, but like today did today, know you can just type in the name of a band, if it comes up, why take it? I see so many new bands starting today, they're taking names of bands that are pretty well-known in the underground scene on top of that. That just doesn't make any sense to me. That's what you have the internet for. Just Google the goddamn name. Alright, here you go, Warlock, Hotter Than Fire. It's a demo, so it's not going to be the greatest quality, but Enjoy. Thunderfire with Headbanger. Alright, let's get to this interview with Kill Ritual. Let's play something off the we're playing all the song right now and then play stuff off the new record when the interview is over. So here's the Eyes of Medusa. <laughs> Big fan of your music, going back to the way back to the Gotham days. That's how long I've been following you. So it's been a couple of decades now. Oh wow! Okay, wow!
0: Like I'm, I'm, I know I'm old as fuck, but I'm even older
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, if the '80s feel like yesterday, but they really were a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I know. It's true. <laughs>
1: but, but I'm happy. I mean, you know, you've been doing this for such a long time. I mean, you know, from Magic to Kill Ritual. It seems like there's never a break in the action for you. You go from one band to the next and you make something out of each one that you're in.
0: yeah well I don't know. It's just uh I guess I guess it's just what I do. I I uh you know, just you know, I just, you know, enjoy, you know, love playing music, writing music and and just, you know, I have a I have a pretty good way of focusing on that and, you know, and making it happen and just, you know, hopefully writing stuff that's uh you know, that people, you know, get a chance to listen to and you know, and enjoy, and, you know, have some quality to it, so I think that's why I can always, you know, progress and move forward, because, you know, I try to keep that, you know, that focus.
1: You've definitely done that, I mean, you know, the last three years have been kind of hard with COVID, but if anything good came out of it, if you can even say that, it's, you've been really productive music-wise, I mean, you know, from the Opaque and the Divine, because I will be done to Kill Star Black <laughs> Dead Hen, Pierce Todd. I mean, it must have took you three years to come up. I mean, I thought Super Califragilistic was a hard one to get out. Try saying this one over and over again.
0: Uh, everybody's cracking me up on the title. Like, dude, why is this so long? I said, I don't know. Why not? Just, just, it just, it's just like. It was one of those, you know, stupid things, you know, that was for the title of the, uh, you know, of the, of the song, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of an interesting, you know, maybe title for a record. <laughs> people are just like, dude, what's up with that? I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? You, you, you aren't going to forget it because you're going to go, oh my god, that, that really annoying title, yeah, whatever that is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but that's what I love, and that's what makes it great because you know, there's probably a thousand people right now trying to Google that to see if it's related to a story, <laughs> or a line that somebody said in a movie or something. It's just going to come up blank, probably
2: yeah
0: well i mean it was either, it was either it was either that we were going to call the assum the album you know uh are you're, you're a dick but was <laughs> better
1: <laughs> well that this was a good choice i have to tell you the songs on it are absolutely kill it and i wouldn't i would not expect anything less from you because going back to the beginning like i said you do put out quality music and every band is always a little different than the next one you know you you have a very distinctive tone in your your guitar playing and it carries on right. from band to band but each one is so different in its own right, you know, whether it's based on the people you're playing with, the how you're writing, or the style you're going for, uh, you know, and I think with Kill Ritual, I think you've really, you know, it's hard to believe it's been like, really, what, about 10 years since the been before, maybe 12?
0: Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, no, it's actually been 12, yeah, because uh, yeah. I think that, uh, when the match, uh, you know, ended, that was kind of like, right before 2010, and I kind of like, yeah, it was actually a year before that, so yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a while, you know, and, um Kind of like you know, took up you know the ashes of a magica, and actually the a lot of the stuff that's on the first Kill Ritual record was probably some of it was composed for a magica, but you know, and then you know the band fell apart, and I just kind of like you know switched gears and moved it you know to a you know different direction with Kill Ritual, but it's kind of a continuation. But I now, I mean, they're they're very different. I mean, I think you know magica is you know you know a different band than what Kill Ritual is, but. But yeah, it's, it's been a, yeah, it's been a long time. But you know, it's, you know, I you know, for me it just flies by because I'm just like, hey, i you know, I'll just you know, keep plugging along and things happen. But it, it's just the way it is. So.
1: Oh, it's true. I mean, you know, one of the hard things is like any you're in a band, you have to replace the lead singer. That's a tough call because they are the face of the band, they're the voice that kind of defines the sound that you're writing yeah. for. But when you going back to Magic and when, when Norman, you know, came into the band and took over for David, I forgot who David was. And I love those records with him on there, but. Norman is such a powerful singer. And then when Kill Ritual got Charlie into the band, it was the same thing. I mean, it, was, it became a whole different band and, and sound-wise, and it just was a great, great improvement on what you did before. And that's hard to improve upon because I always thought it was fantastic stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been lucky. I think that you know that you know, every guy that I've you know, you know worked with on the on the vocal end of things, oh, you know, they've all had their you know their strong points and their own unique. You know abilities to do things, and for me it's just like you know I I just you know I you know I want to work with people that I think are quality. I mean I think that you know when we first started you know Kill Ritual with you know the original singer. I mean he you know Josh he had he had a he had he had a very unique voice. It was very different. It was kind of you know for me was refreshing because you know after working with Norm, Romans, being obviously like the typical power metal killer you know multi layered you know. You know, vocalist, and you know, you know, enormous I mean, that's and that's what he, you know, he does great. And then, you know, to go for something different was cool. And then, you know, then we, we then we went with and we had Dave in the band for a while, and he was a little bit more of a bluesy rock singer. And but, you know, these these guys were all the guys that, that I could the best guys I could find at the time. You know, and the best guys I could I could work with, and were willing to do it. So, you know, I just I just you know just keep plugging along. If, you know, I figure that hey the songs are good, the singer's good just the music will be great but you know but chalice i mean he's i mean he's ultimately what you know probably what was probably the you know the the transition from norm you know to you know you know chalice is probably the the logical thing but you know obviously at the time wasn't available wasn't happening so but now i mean you know he's he's a right guy for this kind of music and my you know writing is obviously going to reflect his voice because he's a He's had a little bit darker, you know, like more sinister voice. So, you know, I'll write stuff that's gonna you know, gonna fit his voice a little bit better. So that's you know, that's kinda what you know, is what happened in the last record. It kinda goes in in the more direction he's comfortable with. <clears throat>
1: absolutely i mean when kill ritual was started i mean like you said the beginning the first record kind of was where magica left off you were picking up on some of those songs but right. is there a distinction like between the two bands in your mind where you said i want to make this band completely different you know or i want to do something different or was there a sound that you had in mind or was it just you know, how you write and what comes out
0: yeah i mean i i did i mean for me it was like you know but at the point we we got to the point at you know with, with, with you know with uh Rich when I when I made the di- you know the decision to you know to form a new band and do whatever else you know I, I wanted it to have a little bit more of a classic metal feel. So that was for me it was just like, you know, imagine taking the modern thing, you know, to a certain point where, you know, we were very like influenced by bands like, you know, like maybe Nevermore, um, you know, a lot of seven string, really heavy duty stuff that was happening at the time and we kind of like, you know, touched on that a little bit. But when it came you know, to Kill Virtual, I'm like, you know what, I, I want to do something a little bit more rock and a little bit more main, mainstream to me, I mean, just as far as like, you know, old school metal. And, you know, we want, we want that kind of direction, hence, you know, the reason why we ended up working with a vocalist, Josh, he just has more of a like kind of like a mainstream rock vocal sound. So I just wanted to kind of, you know, make sure that, you know, people could tell there was a point A and point B from where I went, you know, from both bands. But, you know, as it has evolved, you know it's just like I just want every you know every you know release that we do and whatever else to be you know you know quite you know you know quite you know definitive at the time and different sound and production and approach and songwriting so that you know that when you listen to one of our records it's just like okay that's them then this is them 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 now and just keep evolving i you know i don't really want to, you know end up being too one dimensional because i just you know I just don't consider myself to be a one dimensional person when it comes to you know my songwriting whenever. I be like you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, I mean I play metal but whatever else, but I mean I can play a lot of different guitar styles. So I can just kinda of let that stuff kind of come in and out a little bit just to kind of give it di different flavor. But, you know, it seems to work. So I think it's cool.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like I say, like I got to tell you, when I got them, when I bought this seven inch, I picked it up in an import store here in New York at twelve o'clock, and all Is well single. Now that, that that
0: actually was, you know, I I got to tell you, and I, I you know, I've I've listened to it a couple times, you know, in the past, and you know, I think that that stuff was pretty well advanced, and pretty well done for the, the time period when it, when it happened. Oh yeah. You know? I th- I think that when I hear it, I can still hear, you know my guitar playing i could still hear you know where i was and i don't think i've really changed that much with you know kind of the the way that i approached songwriting and stuff like that and plus and and then again the guy that was singing on that you know matt he was an old high school friend but he was a killer killer singer man which is an awesome singer but you know he just kind of like you never get his shit together to the point where he could take it to the next point but i think it was you know i think it was you know really well done for the time and I think it was just a natural progression of, you know where I've gone ever ever since then so
1: oh absolutely you know but Gotham was around for quite a few years I think before you were with them I think they were Vienna or something uh, before they became Gotham yeah. so they kind of yeah. had a yeah. defined yeah. I guess sound already before you joined or hooked up with them but now you go from there to a magic and now it's, it's your thing and it's all yours and, and it showed what you can do on your own and it, is it nice when you're in a band from the very beginning and the project starts with you in it? And that way you kind of define where the band is going and what the sound and the style is? Or is it harder or is it easy actually when you just join an established band already is playing maybe music that you were into? Well,
0: I, I think for me it's like, you know, it's, like it's obviously, you know, way. Um, you know it's it's way more productive to be able to just start things from the beginning and not have to rely on what something's happened in the past or some you know formal that's already been kind of like you know concocted to you know for sound and I was able to just you know you know just do what do what I you know feel comfortable with playing wise I mean I just you know whatever falls under my fingers whatever I want to do that's fine I mean for me I've always had an issue with like you know when I, when I play other people's music um you know, it's their music, and they have their own, you know, you know, little habits, little, you know, little things that are just like, you know, strange and unique to them. That you know, sometimes it's hard to translate when you try to, you know, play it, incorporate into the into what you're trying to do. I mean, I, you know, for like, you know, me, it's like, you know, like Judas Priest. I mean, you know, I love that's one of my favorite bands ever. You know, and I can play a ton of their tunes, but they just have a unique way of playing stuff. It is like. I don't know, man. It's, it doesn't fall under my fingers the way that they play, it, but I because I have to kind of figure it out. But that's what's cool about them, you know, and that's what makes them unique. So, and that was, you know, it's just much easier for me to, you know, take things from, you know, where I wanted it to come from. And but you know, I never really put too much thought into it. It's just like, hey, man, write a cool song, write a cool riff, let's jam it, let's play it, you know, and then sounds great, it's good, let's let's move forward. And that's and that's just always the way I've done things.
1: Absolutely. You know, I was really surprised when Magic had put out a new record a couple of years ago. I never saw that coming, I have to be honest with you, because I figured when you ended it, it was over. I guess, you know, things weren't, you know, happening with the band members and things yeah. were going and I, I never thought it would happen, and I, I'm glad that it did, because hearing that music, I mean, you kind of picked up where you left off, but yet it was so far advanced compared to the last record. I mean, I was so happy that you did that. Yeah,
0: I think, I think well, you know, kind of basically what happened with that is, you know, I just had... A, I just had, you know, over the years, had a bunch of music that didn't really fit what I thought, you know, Killed was going to be doing. Or it didn't fit, you know, it didn't fit well with whatever vocalist I was working with at the time. And I compiled a bunch of tunes. I'm like, man, this stuff really sounds like, you know, a magic type stuff. And then, you know, I just kind of reconnected with, you know, the with Norm and said, hey, man, you know, what do you think? Let's maybe do this thing. Because, you know, we had, you know, kind of like, you know, gone our separate ways. You know, I mean, it was probably almost 10 years. You know, and, you know, he's had... You know his projects, his bands, kind of reconnected. I said, hey, you know, let's just let's see if we can you know put a record together real quick. And you know, it was it, it went very fast. I mean, it, it was just because I had you know all the, all the music written, gave it to Norm. Norm's a very you know he's a very uh, proactive writer. He'll sit down with a a record and write it in a couple weeks. So it's just you know he's just you know we're very similar in that way that we can just get things done. And then we you know just kind of completed it you know at the time I had been working a little bit with the uh, the drummer from King Diamond Matt Matt Thompson and I said hey man you know if you want to do this record for us and you know he's 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 a you, know, a you know a totally great drummer fantastic pro knocked it out in like maybe I don't know a week something like that it it was just one of those kind of things it was just like the perfect situation to get it all down put it together and, and and we did it and then that that was it so it was cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I know Kill Ritual is the main thing, and that's like your priority, you know, and that comes first for anything else. But is it magic at a place right now where every couple of years, whenever you feel like, and maybe the music is there in your mind that you want to create that, you'll come back to it, or is this really just a one off, to kind of maybe close out that chapter?
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I got to I got, I got, I got a lot of material that's hanging around. Actually, you know, you know, I sent Norm a bunch of stuff. <laughs> right you know, right before the whole you know the whole shit show with the you know with the covid and everything I, I I sent him a bunch of stuff, and then he had some health issues because he ended up getting the vaccine and he ended up having some major side effects from that with with hearing loss and vertigo and all kinds of crap, and then he was like, man, I don't even know what if I'm going to be able to play music anymore and then he got then you know, he got involved in his own project, so I mean theres still some stuff floating around we'll see i mean it, it really depends on him I mean because you know it, it's just like if he if he wants to work on it, he'll work on it. If he doesn't want to work on it, then you know, then we'll just go. Hey, you know, that's what it is. But I mean, he has his own focus with his with his other band, and you know, I have the you know I have the focus with Kill Ritual, which is obviously to me, you know, Kill Ritual is you know progressed and, and 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 probably a little bit more visible and done a lot more than Imagica did during that time. So, I mean, I guess I just got to go with the you know with the easiest path of you know of. Uh, you know, how things work out. Yeah, a, sure. you, know, Kill, you know, yeah, yeah. If Kill Mitchell is doing tours and Kill Mitchell is working, we can put out records and we can, you know, be on the lab. And we, I, I, I can't really sit there and just go. You know, what? I got to just like take time off of this magic thing, which is probably a little bit more difficult at this point, So,
1: sure. Well, like I said earlier in the interview, like you know, two full albums and the EP over, like you know, when it's done a twenty-four month period. I mean. The output has been incredible, but it's quality. You know, I mean, you got a lot of stuff cooking in that brain of yours. I mean, there's a lot going on. You think after a while you get burnt out, or you just say, "I, I can't come up with nothing." But you know, you just keep producing more and more, and the, the quality is like about as high as you can get, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't like to, you know, talk about it too much. I, don't, I never want to jinx it, but you know, sometimes I, you know, I feel like, oh God, man, I just like, what have I got left in the tank? You know, because sometimes you think that you know you're. And, it, and, it, and to me, it's just taking a mental break, you know, walking away from music for a while, and it, it all comes back. You know, it's just like you gotta, you know, just have a little bit of a, a you know, a period where you kind of like, you know, um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm kind of a guy that I just play guitar like, you know, every day and just pick up an instrument, whatever, and play, but, but. When I'm, like, you know, coming up with, like, music, it's, I'll just, like, for me, like, you know, playing metal. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, I love playing metal, you know, metal, whatever else, but I really don't listen to too much, uh, too much metal anymore or, or music for that matter. I don't know why. So I just, I'll just, i just pick up an acoustic guitar and I'll just play a bunch of shit that, like, you know, that is not even related to metal. And then that kind of, like, opens up, you know, the brain again because I'll, I'll hear some melodies, I'll hear some stuff, and then I can take it back and kind of transfer it into – you know, more what I do with, you know, the, the mental thing, and and it just seems to be, you know, just, I just constantly have ideas, so it is, um, which is cool, because I always feel like I'm learning still, I mean, I was like, I've de- you know, over the years, I've definitely gotten more into, like, you know, composing, harmony, playing keyboards, and stuff like that, so I can kind of, like, open my mind a little bit to expand that, so it's, uh, you know, it works, you know, for, you know, for, you know, keeping me productive.
1: Absolutely. Do you remember having a time where you were just sitting there working on a song? It came easy to you. you it just blew you away—the riff and everything else. You're playing it, you're composing the entire song around it. You play it for some guys in your band. You're like, "Ah, oh, that's Judas Priest. That that's Iron Maiden. That's <laughs> Like you didn't realize you're writing <laughs> something by somebody else.
0: Well, that, that, so basically, I mean, I, I I tell the guys all the time. I like, and, and I'll I'll play them, you know, give them the new material and stuff like that. And, and I'm all, I'm all, he, I'm all, guys, where's that riff from right there? And they'll go. I don't know, man. I'm gonna like, that's that's like a that's a that's a Sabbath riff, and I just go, "What? I'm gonna listen to it." And I'll and I'll tell him exactly the song I ripped it off from, or I got, got inspired by, <laughs> yeah. or you know, a priest or maiden. And 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 then and I'm gonna you know I I saw this interesting uh, interview with Richie Blackmore, and he was just like, "He's I've like, ripped off everything from everybody. I just take a riff and I re you know redo the notes, and it's basically this riff." And I'm like. See, that's just the way That's the way music works you're just kind of like there's only 12 notes man so you're just like you gotta, you gotta figure it out <laughs> everything's gonna have everything's gonna have some similarities but you know what's cool about it is if you do reference other bands and others you know other styles and people that you know that you know have been successful and you know touch people it may not sound exactly like what they're doing but people will people will you know subconsciously go oh that just sounds really good familiar so it's it's a good way to approach it sometimes you know honestly. Yeah. plus it's a good inspiration
1: yeah not even so much ripping it off or like borrowing like part of a riff but just did you ever just write something yeah I mean, b- I mean it's not ripping
0: it off it's borrowing the feel it's borrowing the idea I mean you know for me I'm like a I'm like a, a huge you know Thin Lizzy fan and you know and I don't think my my not, nothing I do musically sounds like Thin Lizzy but man they're, they're always a source of inspiration for me because it's just different it's funky it's hard rock yeah you know, it's it's cool as shit, and but you know, it's it's something that you can you know reference is really cool. I mean, you know, you know like a band like Priest is like you know probably my all time favorite band. It's it's so close to what I already do that you know it can only you know only can tap that a little bit without people just going, oh, come on, that's just Judas Priest. So you know, and you just want to have that you know. You know that big picture. You know, I mean, like you know, well, like Maiden. I mean, you know, you can only do so many guitar harmonies before you people are just going, "Well, that's Maiden." You know, and that, and then they they kind of defined that whole thing to the point where you know they they were even like you know big you know widely influenced by like you know like Finn Lizzy and stuff, and they just took it to the next level and just made it a definitive sound. So so yeah, it's pretty narrow. I mean, what what you can do for like you know, especially like traditional metal, you know, stuff like. You know we do i mean i always think that we do tr- traditional metal with a little bit of modern stuff mixed in um you know like people you know probably don't know that I, i'm a like a huge black metal fan so i really love black metal so I'll, I'll throw a little bit of that you know kind of picking and that kind of like sound in there a little bit i'm not going to play that and write that kind of stuff because it's just you know not going to work for this band but yeah. you know but i do i do like to have it you know some kind of reference to it a little bit because it sounds cool
1: it's, there's one thing that in draw an influence from other bands. But I'm just saying, did you ever write a riff that was completely somebody else's riff? and You never even realized it because I've done that before. And I'm playing it, and yeah,
2: I'm like, you're playing I, this, and I'm like, yeah. oh,
1: it's
0: like I didn't even realize I, I probably, it. I probably, I probably, I probably, you know, written the, the Painkiller riff about 19 <laughs> times and just go, well, that's Painkiller.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> maybe I have changed a note, maybe I made it major instead of minor, but it's the same kind of like tempo and the same yeah, kind yeah. of feel, like. Uh, we can't do that
1: one. That's that, that, that's that's
0: Tinkler man. That's true. <laughs> which and is one of which is one of my one of my favorite riffs of all time. So it's just like, it's just like it's like when you hear that riff, it's like that's 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 an awesome riff. I mean, so I, I mean, it, yeah, it is. Awesome there's no riff.
1: doubt about it. You see, <laughs> when you think about all the albums that you've put out over the years, I mean, is there any if there's if there has to be one album or one song that you say kind of defines who you are as a songwriter? And I know each album gets better and better for the fans, but I I hate to say which is your personal favorite because it's like picking out one of your kids. But is if in, the, in the future when we're all dead and buried? I mean, if somebody says, "I wonder, what, you know, what he would define himself as as a musician based on an album or song," which one would it be for you? Which album do you feel really represents you as a songwriter? Like, you know, really captured everything you're ever trying to do.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, obviously though, you know, you know, you know talking about we're talking about now and, and how I feel. I mean, I you know I like the new record, you know, um, quite a bit. And, and and there was one point where we were finishing up the record and what was going on, I actually just wanted to just, like throw in the garbage can. I was just so so sick of it at that point. I was just like, my God, man, I can't stand this record anymore. And I you know and it was good to walk away from it. By the time we turned it into a label and everything come up, you know, came out months later. I'm able to appreciate it now because. There was one point I was just like, is this shit gonna work or what? Because I mean, I just thought it was some of it was crap. But because I just had, you know, when I hear the record, I, all I hear is, you know, what we're doing to me, and I just hear, you know, things that I think will always be better. But I'm not hearing it from a fan perspective, which I think yeah. is weird, you know. So you, you know, everybody else gets to hear from like, you know, the first time hearing or as a fan, or, and they can they can appreciate it a lot more than
1: I can. Back to your point about I don't know what my I don't know I mean probably I wouldn't say favorite But like maybe songwriting wise One that you know You felt like you hit the mark On every song Everything was like Just right there for um, you I think I mean I mean I really You
0: know I really You know Think the, the Opaque record Has some really Really cool shit on it And it was really Really good But I don't know If it was like Definitive of like You know w- You know What I You know Do as a songwriter I mean I don't know man that's, that's a really hard one I mean if you if you ask me about like a magic after all these years, my uh my favorite magic song of all time is Simple Simple Servant. I just yeah. really like that song a lot. It's just like really heavy and I just love the lyrical content that Nora came up with that and it's really cool riff and you know, that's a you know, and then probably Evil Rising from a uh, from a Days. From from Kill Ritual, I off the first record I really think the serpentine ritual tune is is an awesome tune that's what it's one of my you know one of my favorites off that record probably off the off the latest record probably my favorite tune off the latest record is probably the the closing track the the devil the mist and the flame um i think those i think those are those tunes are pretty kind of like you know um you know, talk. You know, talk a lot about you know how I think and how I write. You know, and, and, and the stuff I do. I mean, you know, obviously the magical stuff. I did, I never wrote lyrics, but you know, the like Kill Ritual stuff. I've been writing at least the last couple, last you know, three releases. So it's hard. I mean, I don't know. What 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 are, what, are, what would you say? Like, your your favorite tune of all time
1: Well, off the new record, I'm gonna say exactly what you said. The Devil, the Mist, and the Flame, because I love like those seven and a half, eight minute songs. I feel like that's when a band can really flesh out like everything that they do. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. And I think you did it on that album, and I actually love it, but, I don't know, I mean, All Men Shall Fall is one of my favorite. I absolutely love that song. That's a, that's a
0: really cool tune, I mean, I, that, that was one that, you know, that uh, when we, when we did the tour with Ice Earth and Sanctuary, it was one we didn't really get to play live, because, um, I mean, obviously being the opening band, we could, you know, we only had 30 minutes, and, you know, and then, you know, that was just, you know, written on the seven-string guitar, and it was... It's like, you know, how many guitars am I going to bring on a row? 40 guitars with different tunings? You know, it's just like, you know, you can only limit yourself to so much. Well, I mean, now, I mean, you know, I used to play seven string quite a bit, and, you know, now I really don't play seven string much at all because I I just got kind of, like, bored with it. I, I just think it was, uh, became redundant. So, you know, there's a lot of bands that still play that kind of style, but, you know, I'm definitely more going into, you know, direction of, like, you know, older type metal stuff. I mean, well, who knows? That'll probably change. I mean, right now i've you know like you know we I was been talking to people, and it's like now i have to have a you know I have a whole new record basically put together, and I just gotta start demoing it now <laughs> so, so I was like written a ton of songs in between this you know these this the last few releases because you know like, we, we have like finished a record, and i you know I turned it into a label, and it like hey, it's been like five six months, so it's like man like, I gotta do something so i'm gonna I'm gonna write and so um and, and the new, you know, and the new stuff, and the new, and then new stuff I'm writing. I right know is, you know, you know is, is very close to what you know what we just did, but it also has a lot of, you know, differences too.
1: So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Cause yeah, cause a lot of people forget, you know, these records during the can sometimes for months. And lately, a lot of these albums have been in yeah. there for like years because bands have been holding back on releasing them, hoping that this COVID thing is going to go away and they can get out there to play live. And I know you really guys haven't been able to play much live shows over the last two or three years, especially in California. Yeah, I mean, it's, it Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been horrible, dude. I mean, you know, for me, it's just like, man, you know, when when we came off the when we came off the, uh, the All man for Fall record, and we and you know we had just finished up the the U.S. tour, and we already had all the material put together for you know the opaque and divine record, and it was you know it was ready to go as far as you know writing wise, but then Dave decided to leave the band, and we had to get a new vocalist. I'm like, okay, cool. So. And, you know, once he said, hey, man, I'm out, I'm out, I'm like, well, dude, I, I'm not going to keep your lyrics, I'm just not going gonna, gonna to use your material, you know, so I'm just going to say, you know, you, you keep your shit, and then went into a totally different mindset of, like, you know, having to get a new guy, get new, but by the time we finished all up, and then the whole COVID thing happened, and it's like, wow, we just killed all the momentum we build up because of that, you know, but then we, you know, we decided, hey, you know what, we just got to move forward, you can't, you know, you just can't sit there and not do anything. You know, I think was well, I think a lot of bands did that. They did, they didn't do anything, or they just sat on records for like two years. But I don't I don't know how you can do that because it, I just would be really bored of that music by the time it got released.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, with the opaque and the divine, I mean, because of it recorded. Well, it was you know when Davis still part of the band. Did it change drastically when you redid it with Chalice? I mean, one well, the songs pretty much identical. Or uh, was there a different vibe to it?
0: I'm, I'm gonna say no because you know what? When I when I write songs, you know. I write songs totally with you know in the, in the concept of like I hear, I hear where the vocals should be, I hear where the arrangement should be. I don't change any of, that, any of that shit for a singer. So I'm just like, occasionally the singer will say, hey man, you know, can we you know lengthen this bridge part or whatever, and, that, and that's easy to do. I mean, I go, okay, well, we can do that. But when it comes up to the initial you know ideas and stuff like that, I'm gonna say no because you know it's, for, for me it's you know it's always been like you know hey you know this is this is kind of my thing that I've worked up you know worked from the ground up. You know, and I, and I want to be able to, you know, control certain aspects of it, you know, and I feel that it's been to the point where it's, you know, successful enough. I mean, there's a reason why I'm always able to work with, like, you know, really good people, good singers and stuff like that, because when they walk in, they they, they don't have to do much They're, as far as, like, uh, well, this guy's got his shit together. We're not, like, just, like, sitting around playing with, you know, playing with garbage music or a riff. You know, that's that's why I've always hated about it. other musicians, like, hey, dude, I got a riff. Okay, cool. You got a riff. What else you got? I got nothing. Okay, well, you're not even a songwriter. I so said, don't even bother me, dude. was I, dude, I got, I got so many riffs. I got so many riffs. I, I fucking shit them out every morning. But what am I supposed to do with a riff? You know, occasionally somebody will blow me away with like a riff, and I'll go, hey, that's cool. Let's incorporate that. But that's that's rare. You know, and far between. So, yeah. but anyway, so you know, back to the point. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, not really. So I mean, so the only thing that changed is like, I had to kind of flush, you know, the ideas that you know, from that Dave was gonna be using out of my mind and write, you know, the lyrics and stuff like that the way that I thought I needed for the music. And he wasn't really a person that was really, you know, into like, you know, the darker aspects of stuff and you know and that's you know, that's stuff I kind of you know, kind of enjoy and everything else because, you know, it's just like to me that's metal, that's kind of, you know, fits the mold. And the music was darker anyways and I think that was probably the problem he was having is, you know, the music was a little bit darker, a little bit more, you know, you know, heavy and he you know, like has some like moments that he didn't feel comfortable with, and I'm like, okay, that's cool, dude. And then you know, just you know, I'll I'll do it myself, and then I up you know, can write it whatever the way I want to write it. And then you know, now I'm pretty comfortable, you know, writing some lyrics and taking it in that direction. But um, you know, well, you know, we'll see. What, I mean, like you know, our singer now, he's like he he wants to maybe try take a crack at writing some some of the, the next tunes we're gonna come up with, which I have no problem with. I mean, because that's probably my least favorite thing to do is write lyrics, but it's um. We'll see what happens.
1: Well, if you track record halls, I'm sure we're gonna have a new record in six months. We'll be doing this again, probably around. April. So <laughs> you never know, but yeah. It's... We'll see. Well, I mean, I mean the label, they, they
0: call me tomorrow and go, "Hey, dude, man, you guys sold one copy." Um, yeah, you know, uh, we're not we're not releasing any more of your shit.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't think you have to worry about that with this record. I mean. You're literally one of the few bands that keeps getting better and better with every album that you put out, and, and this one here, I think, is you know the pinnacle so far of what you've done. It really, it's really fleshed out. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean
0: that has to do with you know everybody involved. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, you know, you know the drummer Seamus. I mean, we we have a real good relationship, and he's really in tune with what I do. It has to do with you know, you know our singer, you know, being the right guy for the job. It has to do with you know that um, you know me working with uh, you know Andy LaRock you know for all these years and stuff like that. He's pretty familiar with the way that I do things, and he always you know you know you know makes the record sound really really good. And what I like about the way he does, he always makes the record sound good. But he also makes it sound like the record that it is at the time. He doesn't try to make it sound like everything that's coming out. Which is, I think, is the right way to approach it. I mean, I mean, you know, there's some really great bands that were like, but you some of the productions tended to be, you know, very similar, and they kind of follow a, you know, a train of thought about like, you know, it has to be like this guitar tone and this, and which just fine, you know, cool, but I get really bored of that really quick. So, you know, I like I like it to have those, you know, those past references because you know I mean I'm old as shit and then you know that. Kind of, kind of makes me feel good when I like when I used to put on like in class and my my shitty little little cost headphones and listen to KK a solo and you know if I have some you know little touches of that on my record I just go that feels really good you know so
1: <laughs> Don't, well you know every time I feel like I'm getting old I just look at Rob Halford in, in the seventies the Rolling Stones all those other guys in the seventies and eighties still performing I'm like wait well, you know, I'm still a baby I'm still I'm still a little kid. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's I mean, it's fantastic that those guys, you know, still have the passion and, and the love to
0: to play music, you know. And it's like you, you know, from you know, just you know, just the whole thing about music is once you're, you know, balls deep in this shit, you're. It's really hard to just go, oh, I'm just gonna give it up now and walk away. It's the, it's you're not gonna do it, you know. It's just because that that's what gets, makes you happy. And If you can't do something to make you ha- yourself happy, then what else you gotta do? I mean, you can only jerk off the porn so much. Now.
1: That's right. <laughs> You got that right. I've reached my limit. My my porn star account is is, is filled. But you're, you're 100% right about that, Steve. I'm not going to keep you, man. I know you've been doing these things all, all right. afternoon, and you've probably answered the same questions 14,000 times so far today. But the album's uh, been I out a week it's, already. It's so always I mean, fun you know, to bullshit
0: with people, man. I know. but It's always fun to bullshit with people, man. Appreciate
1: it, brothers. One week, the album's been out of Massacre Records. Killstar, Black Mark, Dead Hand, Pierced Heart. Thank God yes. Massacre Records does not charge you by the letter. Otherwise, this record might not ever come out. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. You the, too, Steve. Take care. I hope the, to see you live one day, problem, my friend. Better. Take care. All right, Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. I want to thank Steve Rice from Kill Ritual and Dean Roberts from Leatherwolf for being on tonight's show. Have a great week, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. I will see you guys next Sunday. We have members of Steel Inferno and Me Mortals, So don't forget to tune in next Sunday if you're not too tied over from your turkey this Thursday. So how about we close it out tonight with some sax. I think this is the only song semi-related to the Thanksgiving holiday brought to us by our British friends. Sailing to America. Take care, everyone. Have a great week. And once again, happy Thanksgiving. DreamCloud Black Friday sale is here. If you want better sleep, you need the DreamCloud Luxury Hybrid Mattress. Order today and get 25% off any mattress, plus $599 in premium accessories. Visit dreamcloudsleep.com for 25%
2: off site-wide, plus free shipping and forever warranty. A great beach has a lot to offer in the way of relaxation. The sounds, the views, the feeling of the sand and water. But one more thing that could relax you is the knowledge that you paid less for that experience by booking with Beachbound Vacations. For a limited time, we've not only lowered prices across our site, we also guarantee that our prices are $200 less than our competitors or we'll make up the difference. Enjoy this introductory offer today and get one step closer to your perfect beach at beachbound.com. Terms and conditions apply